Welcome to The Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of The Determined Mom Show. I have the lovely Erica Beal with me, and she is the owner of Erica Beal LLC, and she helps to empower moms to take care of themselves first by embracing and loving their bodies and treating themselves with kindness and compassion. So super excited to have her here. She is going to share with us how to shift away from dieting and how to unleash your true potential. So welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to be here today. This is what I just, I just love talking about this and the more women I can reach, the better. That's awesome. Well, first, I want to get started with you telling us your a little bit of your story and so we can understand kind of how you got to be where you are and also how you came to be, you know, working kind of on your own and being able to be with your children. All right. Yes. I was, let's say, a full-time hairstylist, actually, for about 10 years. It was all I ever wanted to do against pretty much everything that anybody else wanted me to do. but. I can remember, you know, back in middle school, like that's what I wanted to do. So I pursued that. I'm also a lifelong, or I should say I was a lifelong chronic dieter. I remember as early as elementary school, really being so uncomfortable in my own skin. And I know like middle school, they're all awkward years, essentially, but I remember always being bigger than everyone else, even though I really wasn't that big, and just always thinking about my weight and my body. You know, in eighth grade, when most kids are, you know, doing group activities and sports, I was taking a cardio kickboxing class with adults in an attempt to lose weight or control my weight, always thinking about food, always. And I actually had this pretty major oral surgery done also in eighth grade, towards the end of it. And I remember what I was most excited about was the fact that for a month I could only eat liquids and I lost weight. Mm-hmm. And I got to buy a new outfit in a smaller size. Like that is what I remember about my eighth grade graduation. Like I got to buy a smaller size outfit because for a month I could only eat liquids because I had so much dental work done. Yeah, that's great. And that's what I was focused on. Yeah, and going into high school, you know, all of, all of that. So I was constantly just very low self-esteem, really quiet, not really knowing where I, I fit in. And again, just constantly my weight was always going up and down and trying every diet I could think of. And I would always go back to one in particular, Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to one of my friends, this was probably my early 20s. If it really works, then why do we have to keep going back? Right. And she looked at me like, well, we always lose weight, so of course it works. I'm like, yeah, but why do we have to keep going back if it really works? Right. And I started, you know, kind of questioning it then. Not enough to really change because the ultimate goal was like, well, I have to lose weight. But we've been conditioned to fear gaining weight mm-hmm. and to think that thinness equals health and happiness right Um, and to no fault of our own it's just everywhere and I was caught up in it for a very long time and like I said I was a hairstylist for 10 years and then 
I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which before the age of 30, I was essentially retiring. And it was, you know, my own choice. The pain had gotten to be too much. I made that decision with my husband. doesn't support. sound like a choice though, does it? I mean, like, yeah, no, I guess I, at the time, especially I felt like I had no choice. Mm-hmm. I yeah. couldn't go on working every day with the pain. Yeah. I spent years um, with doctors telling me I was crazy. Like they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And they would chalk it up to, oh, you're a hairdresser. Of course your hands hurt. Yeah. Like, but I was in my 20s. Yeah. I shouldn't have been like the end of my workday, my hips hurting, my knees hurting, yeah. everything hurting. And again, being in this very superficial industry, which I loved my time there. I made amazing connections with clients, but... I was in front of mirrors 24-7 yeah. around an atmosphere that was simply based on looks, mm-hmm. which did not help all of my own internal struggles and watching my weight go up and down. And literally, when we work in an environment with mostly women and a, again, superficial, and I don't say that in a bad way, it's just, it's looks and appearance-based industry. Yeah. Somebody's always on a diet always and then you're always questioning what you're eating and what you're doing and how come they can lose weight and I can't or I should go to the gym because they're going or just feeling worthless most of the time and it's a it's a hard environment to be in especially when you you know battled with it for so long so I made the decision to leave after that diagnosis and three months later, I got pregnant with my, my first child. So I decided, okay, you know, I'm going to stay home. And now here I was, home, super lonely after being in this very social environment and miserable and depressed and anxious and just not, I hated my body when I was pregnant, like hated it. I made it clear to pretty much anyone that knew me that I would never have another child. <laughs> And that was before I even had my first. So it had yeah. nothing to do with actually like being a mom. And it had everything to do with the fact that I felt so out of control of my own body. Yeah. And the weight gain was like, oh my gosh. Again, we're you know conditioned to fear gaining weight. And then you're in these life situations like pregnancy where you're going to gain weight. You have to gain weight. Yeah. And you don't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm and obsessing about the scale and what I was eating even more and the guilt and the shame. And I was not feeling it um, for lack of a better word. And then when um, my daughter was about eight months old, I was almost getting a little controlling about what she was eating. And you know, I'm her mom and it's my responsibility, but I was feeding her the way I wish I ate, but wasn't doing it myself. Mm -hmm. So I was making sure, you know, she was getting, you know, lots of vegetables and I was making it at home because I could, because I was a stay-at-home mom. Meanwhile, I was eating donuts for lunch and snacking all day and being trapped in that, you know, cycle of then feeling guilty about it. Yeah. So she was about eight months old and I had like this aha moment like what am I doing I'm sitting here eating donuts for lunch she's not going to be a baby forever she's going to look at me and be like why are you eating that and I can't or just the whole food relationship thing and 
I had said to my husband before I even had her, like, there's one thing I do as a parent. I do not want to give my child or children my messed up relationship with food. Like I was very aware of it, but I had no idea how to handle it or what to do. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, when I was looking at my little eight month old, like, wow, one day she's going to be talking. I decided I'm like, all right, it's not about losing weight. It's not about wanting to change my body. It's not about wanting to fit in my pre-pregnancy genes, bounce back any of that. It's about respecting myself and respecting my body and treating it the way that I want her to treat hers someday. And it has nothing to do with weight or anything. It had everything to do with respect and the desire to feel good, not just look good. Yeah. And I decided, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to shift some things. I'm going to start just eating more real food. Like we, we all know, you know, more vegetables, more water, it's probably going to benefit us. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to start eating real food and we're going to eat the same things. And then I noticed my arthritis felt better. I was like, huh, maybe there's something to this. And I mentioned it to my doctor, like, you know, I cut out processed foods or most processed foods and I feel really good. And he totally brushed me off and wanted to talk about another medication. Now, I was prescribed a medication that was $4,000 a month, what? which I wasn't paying out of my pocket, but I can assume that the doctor was making money off of it uh-huh. every time he prescribed it. I had to inject it once a week, and the side effects were like heart disease, cancer, and all these other things, and it never sat well with me. I questioned things, and it never sat well with me. And I stopped taking it while I was pregnant because I didn't feel right injecting it into my belly. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It was studied for 20 years. That's not long enough for me. <laughs> I agree. You know, I was like, I don't want to be on one of those commercials where it's like, if you or a loved one was harmed while taking this. Mm-hmm. And then I got back on it because the pain was so bad after I had my daughter. But when I started to like notice this shift when I started paying attention to the diet and respecting myself, I was like, oh, maybe there's a better way. And I mentioned it to him and he did. He just totally blew me off and wanted to talk about more medication. And I was like, yeah, but I really want to talk about omega-3s, <laughs> you know, because I had been doing my research and he wanted nothing to do with it. So that was the last time I saw him. And I got off my medication, which is not something I don't go around telling people like, don't listen to your doctor, get off your medication. But for me, it was a listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. There might be a better way and I might as well explore it and see what I can find. And meanwhile, it's like not only did I heal my body by paying attention to what I was eating a little bit more, for the first time ever, I wasn't on a diet. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking about being on a diet and I wasn't hating my body and I wasn't feeling guilty every time I ate something and I wasn't like obsessed with the scale. I barely ever weighed myself at that point. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I started losing weight just because, again, I was paying more attention to everything else in my life. Mm -hmm. Not so hyper-focused and obsessed with looking a certain way. I just wanted to feel good. I wanted to play with my daughter. I wanted to know that I was taking care of myself from the inside out. And after that, it was like, I can do anything. Like, this thing that held me back for so long, not even the arthritis, just the food and my 
war with my body held me back for you know 20 years of my life yeah it was over and I was like oh my gosh I can do anything in this world that I want to do now that's awesome and I felt like it was my responsibility to help other women do the same so I started pursuing a career in health coaching and entered a contest won full tuition to the course I wanted to take way out of my comfort zone it was a video contest but I'm like, you know what? I felt drawn to it. I felt, excuse me, I needed to do it. So yeah. I went for it. Because again, I had this like newfound, not even just confidence, just like I felt powerful. Like I took control of my life and I stopped caring so much about what everyone expected of me or how I was supposed to look or how I was supposed to be as a mom. I took control of it and I felt so empowered. And I won this contest and started my health coaching journey and the rest is history. Here I am. That's awesome. That's a great story. And it's not just a story. I think many of us have lived it as well. Like I could pretty much relate to every single thing that you said, being a, you know, struggling with weight. I actually (laughs) struggled with all of the same things like the food and, and all of that stuff, issues, And honestly, I was never overweight until I was in my 20s, but I always thought that I was because I was told that I was. So it's just, you know, it's very interesting, those, um, you know, shifts and and those mental games that are played and how they affect us forever. And I think it's amazing that you're able to kind of overcome them and not only overcome them, but you're starting to help other women to be able to overcome them as well. So I think that is amazing. Thank you. It's one of those things when you like figure something out or you feel so amazing, mm-hmm. it's almost selfish not to share it Yeah. And to help, especially knowing that it's something that so many women deal with. I mean, it comes at us from every direction. It's not just magazine covers anymore. No. It's, I mean, you pick up your phone and you're bombarded with the latest diets or how to melt all your fat. And you have to ask yourself, like, to what extent am I willing to go and what am I willing to sacrifice? Yeah. I could go to the gym two hours every day and eat a perfectly clean diet if I wanted to possibly have a six pack that's not even natural for me. I could do that, but what am I sacrificing? Yeah. To get there. And is it worth it? Yeah. Or would you rather spend your time doing things you enjoy? Yeah. Like I used to spend hours at the gym before kids. And I hated it. I know some people who love it. That's fantastic. I needed to break up with the gym. I needed to cancel that membership that I have for twenty years that, you know, sometimes you go all the time and then other times you're not going at all and it's in the back of your mind and you're like, I should go. And start on Monday, I should be going. Yeah. I need to like break up with that and discover that there are so many other ways to move your body that you actually enjoy. And that's worth so much more than spending hours at the gym miserable because you're trying to erase the calories that you ate. Yeah. And acknowledging that any movement of your body is beneficial. It doesn't have to be, you know, I have to spend at least an hour and burn this many calories and break a sweat. Like, I was always afraid to try yoga because I'm like, that's not a good enough workout. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sweat. I'm not going to burn enough calories. 
yeah. little did I know that I actually would enjoy doing it. Yeah. But no, it had to be 45 minutes on the treadmill followed by 45 minutes doing this, that, and just really succumbing to all of the pressure to really look a certain way and think that that's the only way to do it. Yeah. Very, very real struggle for, I think, all of us for, yeah. well, I don't know if you're a baby of the, well, I was a baby of the eighties, but you know, my teenage years were spent in the nineties and it was definitely a time where everybody, especially I think the eighties were more diet focused. Like mm -hmm. I know my sister's generation, she was like, she graduated high school in like 1991. So she was, she's seven years older than me and her generation was super obsessed with it. And then my generation was like, kind of obsessed with it, but I think we are a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. And then I think it kind of has shifted backwards since then because of all of those new diets that have come out since then. Like the, you know, like back in the nineties, it was like the Atkins diet and like all of these different things that are um, coming out and the, what is it now? The keto diet and the, this diet and the, that diet. And yeah. Yeah. So I guess we've always been diet focused as a society, but what we really need to focus on is nutrition instead of diet, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. And health and nutrition, it doesn't just come from food, mm -hmm. which is what a diet will essentially tell you. Like you'll be healthy and happy if you eat this way. Yeah. It doesn't take into account like, are you happy with your job or is it stressing you out? Mm -hmm. Are you happy in your relationships or is something missing like it doesn't focus on any of that it's all just the food and you start to think like okay well keto is working for so and so I'm going to try that and if it doesn't necessarily work for you because all of us there's no one size fits all diet our bodies are all different yeah but you think because it worked for somebody else and it's the latest and greatest that when it doesn't work for you, you ultimately think that you failed. Mm -hmm. And then you get caught in the self-hatred and the frustration and the shame. Like, well, if it worked for them, why isn't it working for me? When it just might not fit your lifestyle and your body. So for some people, yeah, you want to cut out dairy for whatever reasons it, it doesn't work with your body, mm -hmm. but I can eat it and I'm okay. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's about discovering that. And what's so important to me to help women with is to like, to get that trust back in themselves, to stop feeling like you need somebody to tell you what's best for you. Like there's some diet guru out there that knows your body better than you do and can tell you what it needs. And when it doesn't work, you automatically blame yourself mm -hmm. instead of thinking, you know what, maybe this didn't work for me. So for me, it's almost like blending different diets until you find what works for you. Because ultimately, yes, it is a lifestyle change. And I remember when I was constantly dieting, I hated when people would say that to me. It's yeah. not a diet, it's a lifestyle. Yep. Because I didn't understand it. I didn't want to hear it. I just wanted to hear that you had the magic diet, the magic pill, yep. anything to make me lose weight so I could be happy and my life would be amazing. Yeah. But if you want it to be long term, if you want to get off the diet roller coaster, it truly is a lifestyle, but nobody can determine what that lifestyle is. 
except you. Yep. So for me, when I was, you know, trying to figure out my arthritis and all that, I went and I focused on eating like a mostly plant-based diet. And I say mostly because it wasn't 100%. And I would never say that I was vegan. I hate labels because to me, labels set you up for disappointment, frustration, fear of being judged. Mm-hmm. And people would ask me, oh, so you're vegan. I'm like, well, no, I'm not. I just eat mostly plant-based, meaning I just eat a lot of vegetables and it's what works for my body and what feels good. Mm-hmm. It got me to this like baseline. Like, okay, this is what my body feels like when I'm eating you know, this particular way and I could start adding things in. So I'd add dairy in. I'm fine. I like ice cream. I'm going to eat real ice cream. I'm going to take my daughter out for ice cream and I'm going to get what I actually want and enjoy it and know that I'm going to be okay. And I like pizza. We eat pizza. I don't want vegan pizza. I wanted real pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and to know, but if I, if you label yourself in the back of your mind, you're always going to think like, well, I'm vegan. I shouldn't be eating this. Yep. And you fall, you know, victim to the food rules again. Well, then it's also the guilt, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like I stopped eating meat through the whole transition. And until getting pregnant again, I was perfectly content not eating it. I didn't feel restricted. Mm -hmm. I just never wanted it. Then I got pregnant and I started craving meat. And I'm like, I know my body well enough to know. I'm craving a burger right now. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. Because I'm not quote unquote vegetarian. I just choose to not eat meat most of the time. But if I was so stuck in that label, then all the food rules come in and then the guilt comes in when I do eat it and people are looking at me like, well, I thought you were vegetarian. No, I just eat what feels right to my body because I've learned to trust myself again and to trust that my body's going to let me know what it needs and I'm going to be okay regardless. Yep. By eliminating all of these food rules, I've eliminated so much of the guilt and the frustration and the restriction that these labels kind of cause us to fall into. Yeah. Then you lose sight again, trusting and respecting yourself and your body Mm -hmm. and knowing that you know, you know what's best for you. So what tips do you have for the moms that are listening that are kind of struggling with this diet and exercise and I call it a hamster wheel because it really is I mean you get on and then you're running and then you're tired and then you get off and then you get on and you're running Um, at least that's how it feels to me so what are maybe like three to four like super actionable tips that they can take starting today or that they can kind of use starting today to go forward and stop that diet cycle and just kind of focus on themselves First, I would tell you to think about how you would talk to your best friend. If she came up to you and said, you know, all these mean things about herself, that she's fat, she needs to lose weight, um, she needs to go on a diet. Think about how you would respond to her. Like, really think about it. And become more aware of when you're feeling those things and bring yourself back to how you would talk to her and what you would say to her. And it's not going to feel natural at first, because we are so used to being our own worst enemies and beating ourselves up and the negativity. I mean, it's, again, it's no fault of your own to default to those negative thoughts. It's a lifetime thinking that way. So it doesn't change overnight. 
But the minute you can become aware of when you're doing it and maybe start to shift your thoughts, it's going to become more second nature. So when you find yourself standing in front of the mirror and you immediately want to say, oh my gosh, I need to lose 20 pounds. Think about what you would say to your best friend or somebody that you love in that situation and say it to yourself, even if it doesn't feel comfortable. Say it out loud, even if it doesn't feel comfortable. And the more you start doing this, the more you're, the more you're going to believe it. And you should believe it because mm-hmm. you're not lying to your friend when you say it. And what else can you do? My big thing is giving yourself permission to just stop dieting. And again, it's not something that like you can just flip this switch, but take that pressure off yourself. It's okay to not be on a diet. And it's okay to not be thinking about a diet. And again, once you become aware of these things, you can catch yourself in those thoughts. And our brains are like these amazing, moldable, magnificent things that we can change. We can change the way we think the more we become aware of the thoughts that we want to change. So give yourself permission to just, even if it's like, all right, for the next two weeks, I'm not going to think about diets. And when I do think about diets, I'm going to stop myself. See how you feel. And after that two weeks, you're like, you know what? I'm going to continue with this, not wanting to diet and just being okay with that. And I would also suggest, well, it kind of goes along with the first, but daily affirmations. I never really truly understood or believed how it could work. But again, we're changing the way our brains think. And if you can get in front of the mirror and acknowledge things about yourself, not even about your looks, could be, but whatever you're feeling in that moment that you truly value and appreciate about yourself, say it. And you only have to take two minutes in the morning. Two minutes is all it could take. Say it, write it down, put it on post-it notes on your mirror. It may feel silly. It may feel like it's not going to work or you might feel some resistance to it. But it will help you see yourself in a different light. You can give yourself grace and know, especially as a mom, like, we're like changing the world. We're raising the future. That is a massive undertaking and a huge job. And we don't give ourselves nearly enough credit because we're so focused on maybe what our bodies look like since becoming moms. Yep. Or the fact that, no, we don't have two hours a day to spend in the gym. And that's okay. It doesn't change your worth as a human. Yeah. And to just, you know, focus on all the things you really do love about yourself. And I like to say, you know, more about finding respect and acceptance for yourself. Well, I'm all about self-love, but sometimes that can feel unattainable and you can feel caught. I mean, nobody, we're only human. You're not going to love every part of yourself every single day. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you want to change something about yourself. But when it comes from a place hate for yourself that's a totally different ball game hate breeds more hate so if you're coming from this place of like i hate myself i need to change this that you're going to stay stuck in that hate but when you can respect and accept yourself where you are in this moment you're going to start to naturally choose things in your life food and lifestyle wise that honor that 
-hmm. instead of going to the gym for three hours because you hate yourself. You might go sign up for a ballroom dancing class because you've always wanted to try it and you respect yourself and you know that, you know, I just want to move my body. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to find all this, you know, joy that you didn't know you were missing out on. Yeah. So really focusing on that respect and acceptance of where you are right now. It's okay if you want to change something. And it's okay if you don't love every part of you. I know it's like talking about social media and, you know, what we see when we're scrolling. I love that there's more body positivity and self-love and body love now more than ever. Yeah. But you can still fall in that trap when you're like, I don't really feel that love for myself. And it looks like I should feel it. What's wrong with me? Why am I not? Whereas respect, I feel is more actionable. Yeah. You drink more water because, yeah, you know, it's good for you. And you respect yourself as opposed to doing something again out of hate for yourself. So yeah. really looking for that respect and acceptance, no matter where you're at, it will carry you on your journey of self-love, which never ends. There's no destination. It does not end. It's a journey for the rest of your life that you choose to be on. That's a very powerful, I don't know, just thought process and kind of actual physical process. It's a, not a physical process, but a mental process to kind of give yourself permission to have the time and energy to love yourself. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Like yes. we need that because we take care of so many other people. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, we need to kind of allow ourselves to have that too. Like I know that I don't save space for myself often. And I know that that's probably one of the biggest challenges in that, you know, you don't get to think if you are never alone, you don't get to think or plan or just enjoy or kind of even get to know yourself if you're never alone, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Especially, yeah, when, when kids are involved, mm -hmm. they're loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the they really can cloud up your mental space and energy. And if you don't take that time, like I'm all for five minutes in the morning. I know meditating sounds intimidating to a lot of people. I used to be one of them, like, I can't meditate. Like, I can't shut off my brain and turn off my thoughts. That's crazy. But it could just be five minutes in the morning of silence before your kids wake up. Yeah. And I know how hard it can be to, you know, think about waking up early. So if you're, you know, a night person, five minutes to yourself at night where you're not scrolling through your phone, where you're not mindlessly watching TV, but just creating that space for yourself to, like, just be. Yeah. To not be worrying about anything else, but to just be because otherwise we do, I don't want to say we lose ourselves, but it just gets hard to hear yourself and trust yourself and follow your own intuition because we live in a really busy, fast-paced world. Mm -hmm. And add kids to the mix and it's even crazier. Yep. I was talking to a girlfriend of mine just today about, you know, kids and activities and her kids are a little bit older than, than mine and like limiting them to a certain amount because otherwise she's like, I don't want to spend my weekends on football field and soccer field and have zero time to be as a family yep. or to do nothing or to do what I need to do for myself. And so often as women in general, we put our own needs aside because we're naturally caregivers and caretakers. Like, whether you have kids or not, 
it could be your job that you're putting ahead of yourself and it's easy to do mm-hmm. and then we end up depleted yeah and exhausted and totally out of touch with what we really need to feel our best and ultimately at the end of the day the only one that's going to take care of you is you nobody else is going to do it for you and you deserve the same respect love and appreciation that you give everything else in your life and everyone else in your life and it's important for you to take that stand for yourself and to know that it's okay to say no to people and it's okay to put yourself first and to really find that that power again that gets stripped away when we're stretched in so many different directions yeah i agree Probably a thousand percent if that's possible. (laughs) And I know time blocking is a a technique that can be used easily to kind of just schedule in just a a couple minutes for yourself. So um, definitely think that that is something that if you haven't looked into, to look into, you know, just setting up your day for success and giving yourself that space. So Mm -hmm. and make it mandatory. Yeah, exactly. Make an appointment in your calendar for your kids your work whatever chances are you're going to stick to it do the same for yourself make an appointment with yourself make it mandatory and do whatever you have to do to make sure it happens don't say oh it's okay i used to do that all the time like oh it's okay like if my husband needed something or i didn't have somebody to watch my daughter oh no it's not okay (laughs) like i need this so you need to work your schedule or I need to figure something else out or like make it mandatory and don't let it go and don't let months go by without taking time for yourself. Yeah. Even if it is just a few minutes a day. I agree. And so hopefully we'll have a lot of, after everybody listens to this, we'll have a lot more well-rested, centered, focused, loving, self-loving mamas out there. (laughs) I hope so. And I know it sounds... It sounds hard when you're when you're in the thick of it with motherhood and it's easy to say, oh, I could never do that. That's not going to be me. I can't do it. I'm too exhausted. But you can. Yeah. You can make the choice and you can make the time. You really can. Your kids don't need to be in 12 activities every season if it's going to drive you insane. Mm-hmm. Put yourself first and everybody will be okay. Everyone will be better if you put yourself first. Yeah. That is very, very true, and I know I see a lot of people doing that, and I've, I've been guilty of that, and then I realized, like, okay, my kids can't do that much, so yeah. um, we scaled it back. So now they just do Girl Scouts, and maybe we'll pick another activity, but we'll see. So, so I know you have, coming up in January, in a couple weeks, you have starting a six-month coaching group or group coaching experience. Do you want to share with us kind of about what that's going to be about? Yes. So I've been doing, you know, one-to-one coaching for the same thing, but I love the power of community. And I love the idea of being surrounded by other women going through the same exact thing as you at the same time and having that support to really lean on and feel safe in exploring everything that you're dealing with. So it'll be a six-month group coaching experience where It's all virtual, so you can be anywhere, and you can watch anytime, and it basically will just bring you through the steps to really get your life back and get off of that 
diet roller coaster and the the food and the body obsession that again it's no fault of our own that we get caught in this it should it's everywhere we've been conditioned to think this way so it's really hard to imagine doing it on your own which is why I think a group coaching experience can be so powerful so it'll be a series of um, modules and lessons that you can watch on your own time with plenty of actionable steps and and worksheets and stuff to go along with it but then you'll have the support of that group and within that group we'll do um, live coaching calls with myself with other guest speakers and you can come on you can listen you can participate ask questions get the support get whatever out of it that you really need to really transform and to really take advantage of this powerful experience with other women who know exactly what you're going through and having this really safe place i think that's what we lack often is a safe place Mm -hmm. explore these feelings and these maybe stories from our past that we may be embarrassed about we may be ashamed we may think that nobody will ever understand or i shouldn't be thinking this way so to have this really safe place within the course is really powerful and i'm really excited about bringing women together to embrace themselves and accept and respect themselves where they're at and know and trust themselves and know that they're powerful yeah they need anybody telling them what to eat i'm not going to tell you what to eat i'm going to help you and guide you and figuring that out on your own so you can be a normal eater so you can go out to dinner eat what you want not think twice about it so you never say no to going to a party because you're afraid of what food is going to be there and you just started a diet so you eat that the birthday cake that you want to eat because food should be bringing us joy and it should be a celebration but because of our you know obsession and preoccupation with our weight it fuels our obsession with food yeah and when we think we're taking control of food by going on a diet in reality it's putting us so out of control i never felt more out of control around food than i did when i was on a diet mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, that's so true. Right? It actually controls you. Like it totally. controls, like you just said, like you can't go to a party because you're afraid of what's going to be there. Yeah, I think it controls you. So. Yeah, when ultimately you think, oh, I'm going on this diet because I want to control my weight and I want to control what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. And the exact opposite happens. And our body goes into like a starvation mode, really. It's like, yeah. I don't know I'm going to get to eat again. So when you think like you're plateauing, just your body like, I might not ever get to eat again and I want to survive. So I'm going to hold on to this. And then you become more obsessed because now you're hungry and you're constantly thinking about food. So this control you think you're seeking is actually being stripped away from you when you go on a diet. Yeah. And that's what I want to help women stop. So they get their, take their power back and feel that they know what's best for themselves and they can do anything. That is awesome. And you need support in that. Yeah, we do. And, and often family and friends are not where we're going to get that support. No, not, I mean, exactly. And it's not that they don't care about us, mm-hmm. but they might not be there themselves. Right. And if you're not there yourself, then you're not going to understand it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't necessarily, 
go to a lot of my friends for support with this because they hadn't, they didn't understand. They were just like, okay, well, you lost weight. What did you do? I'm like, well, I wasn't really trying. They're like, oh, well, I don't want to hear that. I want to know that it just fell off. (laughs) Exactly. And how did you do it? So being around people who are there with you Mm -hmm. with the same goal in mind is really, really powerful. Yeah. Which is why I created this program and I'm calling it find your sexy. And I know sexy has this whole other connotation that I am also trying to redefine. It has nothing to do with looks. But sexy stands for soulful, empowered, excited you. So I want to help you find that version of you. Because ultimately, as women, I think we all want to feel sexy, whatever that means for you. Yeah. Because you feel that like a little extra pep in your step and that power behind it. But it means something different to everybody. And it doesn't have to do anything with looks. Yeah. It's a feeling and an energy that comes from within. So that's what I want to help you find. Awesome. Well, I will put the link to sign up for the group coaching experience in the show notes. And I know you also have a Facebook group that people could join. Yes. Um, so that's called the Mindful Mama Hub. Is that right? I've shifted a bit. I have changed it because my goal, I want to help moms because I am a mom and I think so many women we were moms and it's a selfless job that we need extra support in, but I want to help all women and I want women to lean into this feeling of sexy. So it's now called sexy, soulful women. Okay, perfect. And I will also put the link to that in the show notes as well. Perfect. Yeah. It's just, again, a safe space Mm -hmm. and community to uplift each other, talk about whatever you're struggling with, whether it's food, body, life, anything, because that all plays into our health. And again, safe, non-judgmental space to really uplift each other. That's awesome. That sounds like a great place, and I will be joining myself. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to get to know everyone in there. And one last question that I do have for you is, what is your favorite part of being able to work from home with your daughter around? or your soon-to-be multiple children? <laughs> yes, my soon-to-be multiple. That I, I'm not missing out on anything. Mm-hmm. It's been really awesome. While I still, you know, my daughter's in preschool, and I was not that mom crying when I dropped her off because I'm like, you know what? Mama's got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, wings to spread, and I want to see her grow. I love watching her grow. Yeah. And, but I also do not take for granted one second of the fact that I get to be there for my kids. Yeah. And really experience their childhood because, I mean, it seems like just yesterday that my, my oldest was a baby and now she's in school. And before I know it, she'll be in school full time. And it goes so fast. It does. That I am, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful. Like everything that, that happened with my you know career as a hairstylist I once thought was like the worst thing ever and I was miserable and now I am I can 150% say I'm incredibly grateful for that experience and for leaving it behind and having this opportunity to be home with my kids and make a difference in the world and help people 
along the way and show my kids what that's all about too, to know that they can do whatever they want in life, no matter what their circumstances, no matter what life throws at them, you have the choice and how you're going to move forward. That's awesome. Well, I love that answer. And I think I resonate. I always ask that question to all of our guests on the show. And it's funny because I always relate. Whatever they say, doesn't matter what it is. I completely relate to it. Yeah. (laughs) Because there's so many facets of being able to work from home and, you know, being able to be there for your kids while you're working. I think there's just so much benefit to that. So. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence on the show today and sharing the amazing insights that you have and your experience. And um, I'm very excited to um, see how the six month group coaching goes and see who signs up. And yeah, so very excited. Is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with? Just remember, you are always worth it. No matter what you have going on in your life at any given moment, you're always worth it. And you always have the choice as to how you're going to move forward, no matter what's going on. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much, Erica, for being here. And we will look forward to all of the great things to come. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Google My Business Management Services from The Determined Mom. We provide quality Google My Business Management to increase business visibility, ranking, and customer leads. A properly managed Google My Business profile is currently the key to rising to the top three of Google search results and will remain that way as long as Google is displaying Google My Business results first. Don't let your competitors hang out at the top getting all of the clients searching for your services when you should be there. Sign up for Google My Business Management Services today at thedeterminedmom.com forward slash Google.